everyone, and welcome back to Can't Hardly Wait Minute. The podcast where we analyze the 1998 graduation party classic, Can't Hardly Wait, one minute at a time. I'm your co-host, Aaron. I'm your co-host, James. And it's minute 16, which I have beginning with William saying, No, it's okay. Look, I downloaded this little baby off the net. I will know exactly how many spirits I may imbibe. I realize I, I, I like, that's a long starting Without affecting my judgment or behavior. Yeah. Yeah, without affecting my judgment or behavior. I don't know why I didn't write that part down. (laughs) He pauses right there. Yeah, maybe that's it. I don't know. It's Normally I just try to do like the line, like the one line, but no, it's okay is not an exciting line. The how many spirits I may imbibe. And and I assume what he printed out is like a blood alcohol level chart. Um, and then I have it going through, which team has the winning play? Huntington, Huntington, hey! We'll find out what the rest of that line is tomorrow. So I guess the first thing is the net, huh? This is yeah. This is the in the net. brief period right before, I guess, people started calling it the web <laughs> or the internet or whatever. Like, it's not, no, they already called it the internet, but no one called it the net for very long. Yeah, so I feel like there was a chunk of time prior to this movie where it was the World Wide Web. Right. Or the or the web. Right. And then the, and then we all just started calling it the internet right. because that's easier and sounds I guess less lame. Right. William decided to shorten that to the net. Yeah. Even though that does because I think they like there was like that Sandra Bullock movie called The Net. Nineteen ninety five. I just looked yeah, it up. <laughs> I think for a while in like the mid nineties calling it the net was like what the cool like techie hacker kids did. Yeah. And so I think William's trying to sound cool. Yeah. Then and his so his his friends are incredibly impressed by this uh mm-hmm. they say you've thought of every angle and then one of them says you know, William, from this light, you somewhat resemble David Duchovny. My next note is, I can see it. I can see it. Oh, my, my next note was, he does not remotely resemble David Duchovny, LOL. If, <laughs> now, I'm, now, okay. I, he has the same features in that he has brown hair and white skin and a kind of triangly face. Okay. So. With all of the typical eyes, eyebrows. Right. Yeah. Nose, mouth, no, in the places where they typically are. scars or deformities. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. then that's it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. I guess in that, in the, in the sense that he is a brown-haired white male, yeah. he does resemble David Duchovny. Yes, I do have to give that. To I keep you. <laughs> trying to think of like what I was like. You know, he resembles David Duchovny more than Press. No, no, he doesn't. Well, Mike Dexter. Nope, nope. Well, Kenny. Nope. They all resemble David Duchovny more than. And William resembles. (laughs) Yeah. Honestly, something that I have always found interesting about this movie is that William and Mike Dexter could be like cousins. For all that Mike Dexter torments William, they they have very similar facial features. I think Mike's are structured in a more traditionally handsome way. Yeah. But the two guys look similar enough that i find it really interesting yeah. the the casting choice here I, I agree i agree but um 
can I tell you some uh, some interesting stuff about the X-Files um, that they would have been working with? Sure. So, uh, As I was taking my notes, I was like, I bet James is going to have some information about David Duchovny and or the X-Files. Yeah, I, I, I wanted to know what season uh, had just wrapped up when this movie came out. Um, and okay. it was season five, which turns out to be the uh, highest rated Fox program and highest rated season of the X-Files to air in that oh. year. Uh, it says it debuted with high high viewing figures and ranking as the 11th most watched television series doing, during the 1997-1998 television year in the United States. Uh, it was a success with figures averaging around 20 million viewers an episode. Wow. It ma- That made it this, the year's highest rated Fox program as well as the highest rated season of The X-Files to air. Uh, critical reception from television critics was generally positive. So... It was not only like a well-watched season, but it was also very well-received by critics, which was cool. Okay. Uh, and then the year at, that it ended, the summer after Can't Hardly Wait, um, they mm-hmm. released the X-Files movie, and then and then um, the next season uh, opened with you had to have the information from the X-Files movie, too, to, to go on. Oh, I, did, I don't think I really... Because I never really watched the Me X-Files. Me neither, yeah. I think I did see the movie... I seem to recall going to see the movie with Alice and having basically no idea what was going on yeah. other than like broad kind of broad strokes. Cause like I knew who the characters were and I know the basic premise of the X-Files, right. but I did not realize that the movie was part of the show's canon. Yeah, yeah definitely. So that's interesting. Yeah. So they, c- cause they don't typically do that when they make a movie out of a TV show. Right. I think it was cause it was so gigantically popular at this point that, because season yeah. four, I think, was the second highest rated season. So, like, okay. they were riding the wave of of this. Um, yeah. Of, of its popularity. Oh, interesting. Uh, so, the, the, the crossover uh, that The Simpsons did with The X-Files was from January 97. So, it was during season four. So, they... Oh, okay. Simpsons didn't, didn't capitalize on the incredible popularity, just the... At that point, incredible popularity, but it got even bigger after after that. Probably because of The Simpsons. Po- yeah, quite over. possibly because of The Simpsons. That's a great episode, too. Anyways, then um, they tell him to trust no one, mm-hmm. which is not only a catchphrase from the X-Files, but also on one of their shirts. <laughs> yes, and, you know, kind of a good point. True. Good, and yeah. in, in the case of William being who he is, yeah. going into the type of party that this is, yeah. it's, it's salient advice. <laughs> Then we have a transition that I didn't appreciate until just now. So William and his friends are talking about drinking and mm-hmm. and controlling behavior and stuff. And we cut to some kids and an exchange student that are not doing <laughs> I had forgotten about the exchange student. Me too. I would like to tell you about the exchange student. And I, I was fascinated by what I found. Oh, good. So he is played by a man named Alexander Martin. Uh, okay. His top three, this. Uh, he was a character named Les in Josie and the Pussycats. And he was a character named Sam Prescott in the movie 21, which was a, uh, a blackjack, let's cheat the system yeah. movie. It was, I recall it being pretty good, although I also recall it having Kevin Spacey, which means that it... Yeah. yeah. Anyways. Um... And then he was. I didn't watch it, but I know Kevin watched it and enjoyed it. I seem it. to recall it was maybe on Netflix or something that I was like, "Oh, I wanted to see this," and I did. So he was also in some other things I never heard of, is what I wrote in my notes. Okay. Because I was so excited about the next thing. So his mom uh, is named Olivia Hussey. 
Oh. And she played Juliet in the Zeffirelli Romeo and Juliet for one. Yeah. And she was also Bill Denbro's wife in the original It miniseries with Tim Curry. Oh. And then his dad is Dean Martin's son. So Alexander okay. Martin is Dean Martin's grandson. And his mom was the most famous Juliet up until Claire Danes. Like at this point, huh. she was the most famous person to play Juliet on, on the screen. So fascinating. Yeah. And he is on this in this movie, I think, because he was friends with Brecken Meyer in high school. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean that that tracks. Yeah. So then he He does a great job in this. Absolutely. Role. Absolutely. The first thing they have him say is I am a sex machine. He appears to be Swedish. Yeah, that's what I would or guess. Norwegian. Yeah. He Scandinavian is, I, for sure. I appreciate yeah, Scandinavian, thank you, is the more umbrella term I was looking for. The because I think he's wearing a shirt that says USA right. on it, right? Yeah. They yeah. want to make it so very it's... clear that he is not from the USA. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, I know I appreciated that they chose to have an exchange student who was not a person of color. Yes. So that this was not a pretty uh not pretty pink, a sixteen yes. candles long duck dong situation. Yep. Because Quite frankly, it's 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 gross. The the thing you know that these kids are all like super high, sitting around making this guy say things that he doesn't know what he's saying. Right. But it's it's funny, gross. Like it's entertaining, but it's it feel it feels grosser when it's someone who's from like such a wildly different culture. And there's it takes some of it takes the racist tones out of it, and just exactly. leaves the. Uh, why uh, t- American teenagers are assholes. Like, yes. <laughs> which I believe was exactly. also one of the points of Long Duck Dong, which was muddled by the horrifying portrayal and pretty much everything about that character in that movie. Yeah. So the two people that you mentioned that are getting him to say things, uh, mm-hmm. it's a, a guy and a girl. They are listed in the credits as hippie guy and hippie girl. Okay. Uh, the girl is an actress named Meadow Sisto. Any relation to Jeremy Sisto? She is Jeremy Sisto's older sister. Um, oh, okay. Her top three is Captain Ron. She played Caroline Harvey. This, and then she was in, she played a, a character named Iris in a show called The Sentinel, which I think was one of those like late, mid to late 90s, like one man, he's a killing machine. He has to. He's doing his best to kill as many people and save people, I guess. Sort of pre-24. He is the Sentinel. The Sentinel. Exactly. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. And then she is Jeremy's sister's older sister, and he was in Clueless and Six Feet Under. So this week, I felt like I could have I could have had like hot keys for like four shows or movies that everyone in this movie is somehow involved with and we have seen it already okay. in the pa- in the previous three weeks mm-hmm. as well. It is yeah. wild. So I want to pitch to you my new app idea. Okay. It's like the collaboration search on IMDb except you just put one movie in and the app uh, gives you the movie that the the credit the people credited in the movie you've given are most in that's not this movie. Like, so it okay. it does, like, a collaboration search between everything, between everyone, and sees what the movie is that they're most in. I feel like it's probably Six Feet Under. Okay, yeah. Or Clueless, or Clueless the television show, or any number of things. Sure. 
So that's my app idea, and I really want someone to do it because I don't know how to do that. So um, I don't either. Someone get me that. TM, TM, TM. Um, so the hippie <laughs> guy is played by a man named Eric Balfour. Okay. Who, who boy, what a prolific career this, this man has had. Um, he played a character named Duke Crocker in a show called Haven for 78 episodes. It's always weird when there's like more than 50 episodes of a show that I'm like, I don't know, never heard of it. I feel like I've heard of Haven, but I could not tell you anything at all about it. Yeah, it's... Yeah. It just sounds vaguely familiar. Like, I probably... Was it on, like, sci-fi or something? No clue. No okay. clue. Uh, he played Duke Crocker in it, though, so I imagine it has something to okay. do with alligators. Um, so, that's just a that's just a random guess. So, he also played Gabe <laughs> Demas in Six Feet Under, um, who was originally an unnamed character in the pilot episode. The first thing that he did was provide the meth for Claire played by Lauren Ambrose to smoke right before she found out her dad died and she had to attend the funeral high on meth. So, um, he played that character and the, the guy who did six feet under liked his performance and the chemistry he had with Lauren Ambrose so much that he brought him back and gave him a name. Oh, he's the Kirk. That's what, that's what they did with Kirk on Gilmore girls. Oh, right. Okay, yeah. I was like, Captain Kirk? Okay, Kirk. Okay, yeah. No, he was originally a character named... The actor was originally a character named Mick. Uh He was like the, like, internet installation guy in one episode. And I guess everybody liked him so much that they ended up making him a recurring character named Kirk who did all of the jobs. Oh, nice. Oh, I think he he was in the movies, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was in the the Year in the Life, yeah. Yeah. He was uh, uh, he was a character named Milo Pressman on 24 for 28 episodes. It looks like he was in season six, I think, maybe. I feel like I remember him. But if it was season six, then I wouldn't because hey, hey, might I don't not think be. I watched that long. The, the 24 way of listing episodes is buck wild to me. Like it's like day six, hour 11 to 12 or whatever. That seems like yeah. I'm like there. I would be very into it if I knew what the convention was because it seems very methodical and James like, but I don't. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, I, think I he only was... watched the first two seasons, so I wouldn't right. know him. So, okay. I don't know why the name Milo Pressman sounds familiar. Yeah. He was in seven episodes of Charmed. Um, okay. Another recurring thing that we have on the show, uh, what music video was he in? He was in Tony Braxton's Hands Tied video. Okay. Uh, he played a pizza boy in one episode of Clueless, the TV, the TV show. And then, Aaron, my, my big score of the, of the night last night when I was doing uh, my notes. He was in 20 episodes of Kids Incorporated. Did you ever okay. watch Kids Incorporated? I did not. I watched it enough to uh, suddenly remember something about Kids Incorporated is that it it had, as someone else on the show with him, Jennifer Love Hewitt as the youngest cast member ever cast on the show. Okay. And I was going to send you a picture or something uh, to show you how much he had changed, but instead I have a video to link uh, with this show for... Him and Jennifer Love Hewitt performing The King of Wishful Thinking from 1991. Uh, oh. It's like Kids Bop, but I think possibly with uh, more, yeah, that's good enough, kid, uh, energy. Cool. So. Kids Incorporated was sort of a roundhouse 
type or like Mickey Mouse Club type yes. thing, right? It, it has a very, I think Mickey Mouse Club is, is very close because I think it's like, hey, if you weren't on Mickey Mouse Club and anyone has heard of you, you are probably on Kids Incorporated is sort of okay. the deal. Um, speaking of which, uh, so I have some trivia about Kids Incorporated. The person who was on the most episodes of Kids Incorporated, Fergie. You know, the oh. person that Freddie Rodriguez was in two movies, and we've already mentioned Fergie somehow on this Can't Hardly Wait podcast, and she was the character that was on 106 episodes of, of Kids Incorporated. Okay. That's Fergie from the Black Eyed Peas. Correct. Okay. Correct. She was on from 84 to 89, though, so she did not share the stage with Eric Balfour or Jennifer Love Hewitt. Okay. Um, also on Kids Incorporated, a, a pre-Saved by the Bell Mario Lopez. Okay. And D. Caspery from Newsies. Oh. So, oh, there's our Newsies connection. Trivia, uh, also a uh, a clueless connection there. He was in a band called Blessed with Soul with Brittany Murphy during the early '90s. Oh, okay. So, it just it feels by the end of this week, I actually had to stop at minute 19 uh, because I was tired, but also I was like. There's too many connections. I'm getting overwhelmed by how very much like a high school click this feels like. Yeah. Like my wife was like, what about, you know, think about the Adam Sandler movies, how basically everyone is the same in those movies or like the, you know, Harry Potter movies and basically British movies all have like pretty much the same pool of people in them too. Yeah. But this feels like, like, it feels like there's like a, an a idea board of like, you know, uh, Clueless, Clueless the TV show, Charmed, si- uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, Six Feet Under, all these things like that just keep coming back yeah. and, and being referred to. It's it's really, really weird. Well, and it's kind of a random smattering of things, <laughs> too. Like, I wouldn't have thought Six Feet Under and Clueless the TV series <laughs> would have had so many crossovers, but I guess here, here we, we are. And Clueless the TV series is probably the most referenced thing on the podcast, the minute by the minute podcast we've done so far. I think there's been someone from each yeah. of the movies we've done on Clueless, the TV series, which is wild. Yeah, because it didn't even last that long. I did don't it? think so. I don't know. I think it was only a couple, like two yeah, seasons, I, maybe, maybe yeah. three. I don't know. I remember watching one or two episodes and being like, this isn't as good as the movie. Yeah. I remember watching and that was a it. preview <laughs> for one episode and being like, that's not Alicia Silverstone. Nope. So then the next thing that the hippie guy and the hippie girl want exchange student. Oh, by the way, he's credited as exchange student. um, Sure. Is would you like to touch my penis? And then in another brilliant transition, which I'd never appreciated before, the the subtext of the the subtitle of the show is I've never, never appreciated the transitions before. He says, would you like to touch my and then Mike Dexter walks in. Yeah. You know. Big old penis, Mike Dexter. Yep. <laughs> what a dick. Just just a big dick. <laughs> um, I'm going to cut everything that made it sound like I was admiring his penis and just leave what you said, which is what I was going for. Um, <laughs> sure. <laughs> so uh, they walk into a song by White Zombie called More Human Than Human. Um, okay. Which uh, it was the first single from their fourth and final album, which was called Astro Creep 2000. I wouldn't have put as much as I did, but I thought this was very interesting. So the title and lyrics re- uh, reference the novel Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep, which was turned into the movie Blade Runner. Um, okay. And More Human Than Human is the, the slogan for the Tyrell Corporation, which makes the very humanoid, humaniform biological androids 
in the in the movie, I, I've never seen Blade Runner, but my understanding is they're so real that they are. It's hard to tell them from humans, and then stuff happens from that. And then we get like a glimpse into okay. like what does it mean to be human and all that stuff. So I thought that was very interesting to have Mike and his friends walk in on because it's like they're they look like humans, but they're actually just like robots and they don't really have feelings or or whatever like yeah that's accurate all right fair (laughs) enough and plus you know it was a very sort of metal-y sort of guitar-y song it was their uh highest charting and most recognizable single it earned them their second grammy nomination for best metal performance in 1995 uh and it was the six the 68th best hard rock song uh according to vh1 and it went to number seven on the Alternative Songs chart, and it went to number one on the Canadian Alternative chart. So uh, that is okay. the song that is playing as Mike Dexter walks into uh, Flashbulbs. I thought that was a very interesting um, effect. Yeah. Yeah, I noticed that too. Yeah. I was like, okay. I mean, like, I, like, I think I thought it was cool, and it like was sort of like, it, it sort of acted like we hadn't met his character before, though. A little bit. Yeah, but it also really captured that feel of high school party circa disposable cameras. Oh, sure. Sure, sure. Yeah. And then I guess we've seen him with his friends, but what is he like with everyone else? Oh, everyone super reveres him. Got it. Yeah. And then I have Yearbook Girl starts doing a cheer, and we finish up in the next minute. Yeah. Yeah, Yearbook Girl wants Mike Dexter to sign her yearbook. She knows her motivation. (laughs) That's, you know, Yearbook Girl has the easiest motivation, I think, out of probably everyone in this movie. At least everyone that we've met yet. There are some uh, stoners that we're going to meet soon that I feel like their motivations are slightly easier. (laughs) That's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, But yeah, that's all I had for this minute. Okay. Well, shall we do some social media? Let's do All right. Well, we as a podcast are on Twitter at J-E underscore Minute Movies. Individually, I'm on Twitter at Unabashedly Aaron. I'm on Twitter at Unabashed James. We are proud members of the Scavengers Network on Twitter at ScavengersNet. And the website for the Scavengers Network is scavengersnetwork.com. It's a beautiful website. It has all the information about all of the shows on the network. There's pictures of everyone on the network. You should go check it out. It's, It's a really good website and fun to look through and see all of our smiling faces absolutely you can yeah. also access the store on the on the website which has some that's cool true and stuff so yeah so i think that's it for us for today yep so we should go record the next episode after all time is honeys go hot dogs <laughs> the scavengers network creator driven Community-focused. Treasured content.